Welcome to Japanatron! My name's Dave Pavlina, and Japanatron is a podcast about Japan, and life in Japan, and Japanese culture. So let's get into it. Today's topic, I want to talk about the misunderstood things about Japan. Now, these are things I've heard, you know, time and time again, uh, maybe from people who have visited or, you know, people who see videos or pictures of Japan, and they're like, what the hell is going on here? What is up with you guys in Japan? Okay, so um, let's get right into this. Number one on my list is what's up with the surgical masks? Okay, you often see pictures of Japanese people wearing surgical masks. It could be old men, young men, hot-looking girls, uh, kids. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's donning the surgical masks. And I and, and when I think about this, I have flashbacks to uh, growing up and seeing Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson visited Japan, and he was busting out the surgical mask too. Okay, and and everyone thought that was kind of weird. What is up with the surgical mask? Okay, so there's there's a number of explanations for this. So um, one of them has to do with the hay fever season in Japan. Um, now, after World War II, little history, Japan was just completely, you know, obliterated with all the bombings. And so to restore the natural beauty of Japan, uh, they planted all these Japanese cedars, these sugis. Um, and they did a great job of restoring the natural beauty of Japan, you know, especially in the mountain areas and everything. Japan has so many mountains, and these, these cedars just took off in those areas. Anyways, these cedars put off massive amounts of pollen. I mean, it looks like smoke. It looks like a forest fire. Uh, these, these plumes of these, like, uh, this, this hay fever, this pollen stuff just blowing off the trees. It looked, you know, when I saw it on the news, it looked like it was a forest fire. It looked like the trees were actually on fire and the smoke was coming out, um, running down the mountains. But no, that's not that's not true. It's actually the pollen. So the hay fever season in Japan is wicked because of these these cedars. And so people bust out these masks. Um, and there's even special ones made for hay fever season. I don't know if they're any different or whatever, but... So during hay fever season, these people wear these masks... And also, um, you know, there's all these other products for this stuff, too. They, they wear these special glasses that cover your eyes completely, like goggles. Um, and it's gotten really ridiculous with the, uh, <laughs> the kind of products that the capitalists are coming up with, you know, to, to, to capitalize off this, this whole hay fever thing. Okay, so that's, that's kind of explanation A behind it. Uh, however, you still see the masks outside of hay fever season, Okay. And the explanation for that is also, you know, okay, maybe you're sick. Maybe you don't want to get sick. And Japanese people, uh, you know, they're all about, you know, collectivist group harmony and those kind of things. And, you know, manners and politeness. And they kind of take the cover your mouth when you sneeze thing to a whole new level. Okay, and the idea here is that Japan is an extremely densely populated country. 
you know, there's something like 137 million people on this chain of islands that's smaller than the state of California. Okay, so you need something more in such a densely populated country than just covering your mouth and, you know, rubbing your snot on your on your sleeve or something. You know, you need something more. And the culture sets that up. Okay, and this is going to be a theme I kind of reiterate throughout uh, all of these things, is that um, oftentimes these things are just explained by culture. Okay, culture differs by country, so all of the people in that country have been programmed with slightly different, you know, rules and, you know, uh, what's, what's important and what's not important, and their mental programming is a little different. So that's just the way Japan is, you know. And I hate to fall back on that explanation, but really it's probably the best and most universal one there is. Um, but for this one, Japan's culture places a high importance on this kind of cleanliness and politeness and group harmony and all those kinds of things that reiterate throughout a collectivist culture, um, at a collectivist society. So surgical masks is one of those things. Okay, and they, they appreciate the function of the surgical mask over the fashion. Um, we Westerners, you know, like, you know, me as an American might think it was kind, it's kind of silly or it looks kind of strange to us because we just don't do that. Um, so seeing, you know, like Michael Jackson wearing this thing, it, it looks kind of strange. We don't really understand it. But in Japan, it's important. Okay, it's a densely populated country. They got this wicked hay fever season. They got wicked colds that can be, you know, they could be easily contracted when some asshole on a train, you know, decides to just, you know, sneeze over everybody. So this kind of thing is important. Okay. So the last little piece of this I want to say is that surgical masks, given their kind of cultural um, kind of placement in society, that they, they are totally acceptable to be worn out in public, uh, they actually fulfill kind of this other function that has nothing to do with hay fever or diseases. And I've kind of noticed this, is that often I, I notice that women, actually, I've, I've had this, I've had people tell me this, women, you know, they don't want to wear makeup, you know, or something. And there's a lot of pressure uh, to do that in Japan. You know, the women have to look perfect. Um, you know, there's a whole importance on presentation. So women, you know, ah, oh God, I just don't want to do this, you know, or you look like, you look like shit, you know, women, men, whatever, you wake up in the morning, you look kind of like ass. So you just pop on the surgical mask, dude, they cover it up, you know, or you don't want to be recognized, you know, maybe you're going into a porn shop, you know, uh, pop on the surgical mask, or maybe you're going to knock off a liquor store or, a, you know, <laughs> a convenience store, pop on the surgical mask. Um, so, you know, you know, it has this kind of ski mask, you know, place in society, as well as, you know, like the hat that covers your bad haircut or something, uh, the mask, uh, and it's it's beautiful. It's great. And I wish we had this in America is you're having a bad not only a bad hair day You're having a bad face day. You know, you got a big-ass zit uh, So put the surgical mask on cover that shit up, you know um, So yeah, it's awesome another thing I've noticed that's similar to this is the celebrities do this uh, They don't want to be noticed out in public So they'll put the surgical mask and sunglasses and a hat on and oh my god if you're super famous in Japan, you just need those things. I mean, a surgical mask and sunglasses and a hat, no one's going to recognize you. You know, and, and I'm sure people like Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt wish they, they could do this stuff like this. Because in America, if you're wearing a surgical mask, it's just weird. It's just weird. Because we just don't do that. In Japan, they do. 
So it's kind of cool. You could take advantage of that fact and, you know, wear the surgical mask uh, if you're super famous or you got a big zit or something. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of cool that it's, it's, it's culturally acceptable to wear it. So, you know, they kind of take advantage of that fact. Okay, so that's surgical masks. Uh, moving on. Groping on trains. Why does this happen? Uh, in Japan, they have a special car during rush hour, the women-only car, uh, dedicated just for women. Uh, because this is such a problem. Women are getting groped. Okay. Why does this happen? Okay, number of reasons I've heard over the years. Um, number one is because they get away with it. Um, it's a crowded train, and women, for one reason or another, they don't want to make a scene. Um, it's a crowded train, and and you know it just it's so packed with people they don't even know who's doing it. So the woman, you know, during rush hour, you make a scene, you're going to delay the train, and you're going to cause everyone a big, you know, headache. So some women just tolerate it. And I think that's a horrible reason, but I think that is a legitimate reason. It's actually legitimate meaning that's why it happens. Um, another one is women, it's so crowded, they don't know who's doing it, okay? So it's hard to tell even if it's actually happening. The train might be so crowded um, you might be misinterpreting a groping, you know, a, a grab ass for someone, a, a dude just kind of adjusting his hands in his pockets, you know. <laughs> so chances are it's actually happening. But I don't know, maybe someone's just telling themselves, uh, I don't know, It's maybe it's not happening. And there's this little sparkle of doubt so that you don't make the scene. You don't scream. Because really, what's your option? It's a crowded train during rush hour and someone's grabbing your ass, I mean, I admit, as a guy, that would take, uh, you know, putting myself in that situation, it would take a lot to, to, to get up the courage and, and make a scene, you know, and, and call someone out on that. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. Uh, the other explanation I've heard uh, from an old colleague of mine uh, who's half Japanese and I love half Japanese people because they they're they're kind of like hybrids, you know. They have like the best of both worlds, and you know they have like the native English and the native Japanese, and they have kind of they wear this this dual culture hat, you know. They can kind of play both sides, both you know both sides of the coin, and it's it's really cool. And they often they often really you know enlighten me with these this really brilliant explanations of culture that uh, of Japanese culture that I never really understood. And this one guy told me that it's a fantasy and that really the idea is, you know, if you pay a woman to, you know, to have sex with you, to whatever, you know, any kind of sex industry thing, you know, lap dance or whatever, it's paid. And it kind of ruins the fantasy in a way. Um, and there's this idea that on the train... It's one of these places where you might actually get away with this fantasy. It's a packed, crowded train, and it's so packed, maybe, that someone's not really paying attention or can pay attention to what's going on, you know, down there uh, with the hands. You know, there's so many limbs and people breathing and packed together. This is one fantasy you may actually kind of get away with, you know? And the, the real sparkle of this fantasy that this, this guy explained to me is that uh, what if you get away with it? You know, it's that kind of thrill of shoplifting, 
you know? It's really maybe it's not about the money or about exactly what you're stealing. You know, maybe you don't need this, this clothing or whatever you're stealing, but just the kind of the thrill of it, you know, is going at getting out of the store with whatever you stuck, you know, in your pocket or your shirt or whatever. And the same idea applies here is you're on the train and, you know, that, that kind of thrill of getting away with, you know, is groping a, a total stranger's ass. Okay. So this always just fascinates me that this, this continues to happen. But it does, obviously, because I, I've seen signs on the train, uh, in the stations, you know, they have this kind of women's, you know, shape like you'd see at a restroom with, you know, with a hand kind of grabbing up the skirt, you know, with a circle and the cross through it, you know, no groping, you know, and, and there's posters and whatnot and the, the whole the all-woman train thing. And I don't know, I, I really, I really feel bad about this because it's like what do you do like if I were a woman and I got groped it's like <laughs> do I go to like the train station attendant Ex excuse me sir I was riding your train and um someone put like a finger it felt like a finger in my asshole and I was just I, I just would like to register a complaint about that because I don't think it really reflects well on your train company. If I'm riding my, tra if I'm riding your train and there's, you know, like a finger in my asshole. So, really, what do you do? And I think this is really, this must be what goes through the guy's head. Uh, is it? Oh, come on! What what can this woman do? You know, I'm just gonna shove my finger in her ass. You know, it's so crowded. She's not gonna know. That's probably what goes through these psycho people's heads. You know, and this is why it happens. It's a densely populated country, and Japan's got this kind of fucked up fantasy thing going on. So if you've heard other explanations of the groping on the train thing, you know, please, uh, uh, I'm all ears. Because um, those were the ones I've heard. Okay, moving on. Number three um, is lady, why lady not first? Why is lady not first here? Okay, now the, the obvious explanation here is, well, it's, it's, this is Eastern culture, and lady first, ladies first, is Western etiquette, right? And I've heard that the history behind this in Western etiquette is actually kind of fucked up, is that the idea behind it was to send the lady in first to see if anyone gets killed. It was kind of the equivalent to, you know, kings who had tasters, you know, to taste the food before they ate it to see if there's any poison in it. You know, if the taster dies, then don't eat the food. It's got poison in it. Same idea, lady first, was send the lady in first around the corner or into that, that castle or the house or whatever. And if she screams and gets slaughtered and hacked to pieces with swords, then, you know, you know not to go in there. Okay, so the idea behind lady first and the whole etiquette thing is actually kind of fucked up. Okay, so I'll say that to begin with. Um, Japan doesn't do it. Okay, so obviously they don't do it because it's it's not Western culture. This is Eastern culture. This is the East. This is Asia. They don't do that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, number two, also in in especially cities like Tokyo, 
Um, and I'd be interested to see, you know, studies, you know, if this also happens in a city like New York, uh, because it is the West, and um, to see if, if lady fir- Ladies First actually still happens in a city like New York. Because my idea is that Tokyo is so dense, and I've said this before many times, you really can't do Ladies First all that easily in a city like Tokyo. Because you're going to be standing there all day as the official door holder for all the ladies of Tokyo. Okay, and you're going to look like a douchebag. There are some instances where you can kind of pull it off. You know, you can kind of look behind you if there's someone behind you. But that's not really ladies first. That's just common courtesy, you know, to, to, to prevent the, the door from slamming in someone's face, you know, all of a sudden. So, um, yeah, I mean, the second part of my explanation will be just that, is that you really can't do ladies first all that well. Okay, and you know, again, I'm gonna fall back on the whole cultural thing. It's just not their culture to do ladies first. Okay, it's a, it's traditionally a patriarchal society, very male based. Okay, with the you know shoguns and the samurai and all that stuff. <laughs> such such an intelligent such an intelligent uh, explanation there, professor. Thank you. Okay, so that's my short one on lady not first. Okay, that's a pretty obvious one. Um, last one I want to talk about is what is up with the fucked up fashion? Why is the fashion here so wacky? Okay. And the best explanation I've heard for this is that in Japan, unlike other countries, trends never really die. Okay. In a country like the U.S., trends will come and trends will go. Some trends will come back, actually. I remember there was some kind of, like, bell-bottom jeans revival that kind of came back. You know, and I don't know, in 20 years, we might be dressed, you know, like the 80s. (laughs) You know, stuff can come back. We might be dressed like Don Johnson or, you know, with the pink t-shirt and the jean jacket or something. But in Japan... These things actually never die. They just pile up on top of each other. So I've seen people dressed with, like, leg warmers and, like, military boots and camouflage um, and, like, a jean jacket, you know, and, like, a newsboy hat all in one outfit, okay? So you, it's kind of the ultimate freedom because really anything goes in Japan, okay? Because a trend that was from 30 years ago, you can still do it. You can still find it for sale, um, and you can still do it. You are totally welcome to do that. And I see it all the time. Um, And so that's the most brilliant, most condensed explanation I've heard of this, is that just trends just never really die. They always just kind of pile up, pile, pile, pile up on top of each other. And it's it's really kind of cool. Because, you know, you're never really afraid of throwing out anything. You know, you never really have to. You know, I, I'm in love. I'm in love with my 90s, you know, Kurt Cobain, Seattle grunge um, flannels, you know. And, you know, my family from back in the U.S., they're always making fun of me for keeping these things, for holding on to these things. You know, and I'm just waiting for the day, uh, and I thought that day came in the U.S. when these things came back in fashion, you know. And you have to do stuff like that in the U.S. You have to to not wear certain clothes or get rid of clothes because simply, not because the clothes are old or you can't wear them anymore, they've fallen apart. No, it's because they're just out of fashion. 
But in Japan, you don't have to do that. It's the ultimate fashion freedom. You can wear whatever the fuck you want. You can wear a clown afro wig and the jean jacket with the with the pink t-shirt, you know, and tight shorts and leather pants or whatever the fuck you want. You know, they got this loose socks thing that was from like 30 years ago and it's still around. Okay? I still see remember those stockings? Uh, what do you call those? They came up to like the the girl's thigh. They were like really hot, probably in like 1992 when the movie Clueless came out. I think that's when that movie came out with Alicia Silverstone, and everyone was wearing those. I remember I was in high school, and everyone was all the girls were wearing those hot ass, you know, um, stockings that came up to their thigh or something. High socks, I think, is what they call them. And that was awesome. That was an awesome era in the U.S. And it died out. And I was so bummed. Well, in Japan, that never died out. They still wear those. Okay? And I love it. Because they're awesome. And I don't understand why they died out. Okay? They should never die out. Because they're awesome. They're an awesome fashion. Okay? 1992 grunge flannel. It's an awesome fashion. It should never die out. And that's why I love you, Japan. Your fashions never, ever die. They just pile up on top of each other. And what Japan does, it's brilliant, is they just change the name. They take a fashion, you know, that that um, people might be hesitant to buy because it has the name associated with the 80s or something, and they will just change the name over again. You know, I think something was called Spats in the 80s, and they changed it to, like, you know, tights or... or um, or high socks, or something like that. So, it's brilliant. I love you, Japan, for doing that. Uh, because I, I never have to throw out any clothes. You know, it's not old clothes, it's not out of fashion, it's not dead. It is vintage. <laughs> it is a trend that is just piled up, uh, up, 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 and up. So, I love you, Japan, for that. So, that is my summary of explanations of four misunderstood things about Japan. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, last but not least, I'll do my little promo thing. Um, if you like the show, you know, please, uh, please review, please follow me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you could just go to japanatron.com. I got all of my links for all of the follow things you can do up at the top, you know, the YouTube, the Twitter, the Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, an important one is iTunes. Um, it would be really cool if you can rate and review. Um, I'd love to get a star rating on that, you know, enough rating so that actually the rating average will show. That's my goal in life is to get that. That would be so awesome. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this, and uh, take care. You have a very good night, a very good day. Toodles! You have received this transmission from the Comedy Podcast Network. For more shows, visit comedypodcastnetwork.com.